0: This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. The streak ends in pro motocross. Lindback lands the British Grand Prix. And we talk our favorite motorcycle chase scenes. All this and more on this week's Power Sports Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Power Sports Podcast. I'm Jason Baffrey, joined by Eric Colvin of Colvin Motorcycle Company. He's just fresh in from doing some machine work and is all sweaty. So uh, it's great here in the studio right now.
1: Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least one of us is doing some hard work,
1: I guess. I try not to, but it happens.
0: Yeah. So, uh, big weekend for some motorcycle racing. I don't know if you had a chance, Eric, to watch the Speedway Grand Prix, the uh, Adrian Flux Speedway Grand Prix from Great Britain. Probably one of the biggest Speedway events that there is, and uh, man, it was
1: incredible. Did you get to watch any of it? I got to watch some of that actually online.
0: Yeah, well, that's about the only way that we can watch it over here, uh, unfortunately, but uh, it's pretty cool that you can log in and watch it live stream on YouTube, and uh, it's great to keep up with that. So uh, American Greg Hancock came in leading the points and was coming off an incredible performance in the Czech Republic a few weeks ago. And uh finished fourth in his first heat that he ran and scored zero points, but then came back and won the next one. He ultimately went on to the semifinals and uh and then made his way into the final, which he was unable to do uh, in well, no, I'm sorry, he did in the Czech Republic and finished second. Uh, unfortunately, in the final, man, he just he looked a little off for most of the race. He won some of his heat races, got into the semis, uh, scored the necessary points that he needed, but he did not look like he had the uh, the same performance that he had in the Czech Republic. But some of the other riders, uh, Bartos uh, Smarslick and um, Antonio Lindback both looked incredible. They made their way to the final. So the final, the top four riders that made it to the final were Greg Hancock, Ty Waffenden from Great Britain, Antonio Lindback from Sweden, and Bartosz Marzlik from from uh, Poland. And it was just an amazing race, but unfortunately for our American, Hancock finished uh, in the last position. Antonio Lindback, who had won... Um, like four heat races if i'm not mistaken uh was just incredible all day long and he won the british speedway grand prix his first overall win of the season and man he was excited um the, the 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 British fans were certainly rooting for Ty Woffenden. They wanted to see uh, the defending champion get the win there in Cardiff, but uh, he came up just a little bit short, but it was a great
1: race. That was the fastest, most exciting four laps in Speedway you could have watched all weekend for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and really some of the heat races, uh, it was just an exciting race all the way around. And I know we talk about it a lot here, but if you haven't watched some Speedway Grand Prix racing, uh, you definitely need to take, take some time and look it up. Uh, watch their YouTube videos, and you can watch previous events. But if you get a chance to watch the next event, uh, it just really is some incredible racing. Now, they get ready. They take a break from the regular Speedway Grand Prix to compete for the Monster Energy Speedway World Cup which is a team event and uh i can't tell you how excited i am to watch this and they do uh, some preliminaries in different countries and then they'll do the the final rounds but it's all based on teams they have uh, four rider teams from multiple countries and uh, the united states will be fielding a team as well and uh, it should be just an incredible thing to to be able to watch
1: all of the team races that they have always bring a lot to the table, especially if you can get uh, the United States involved, which kind of depressing a lot of times, though, being since a lot of the American teams and American riders are lacking, seems like, anymore in Europe.
0: Yeah, we don't see as, as nearly as many Americans. Of course, Speedway, like we've mentioned before, is only really big right now in California. I, and, and I think they do a couple of races around Indianapolis. But uh, I would love to see that particular motorcycle sport and motorsport in general grow in the United States back to what it used to be.
1: You know, here we used to have Limestone Run, and that was a really neat opportunity to go and see a lot of local Speedway stuff. But it seems like a lot of other things that happened uh, in the '70s through the early '80s that it's gone by the wayside. Yeah, we should just put
0: a race on. We should do that. We should get some speedway speedway bikes, put some invitations out to the guys in California,
1: and put an event on here. And I, get
0: it, get it going back in Oklahoma, in the in the Midwest, and the
1: Southwest. Just takes money and sponsorship, and I think we can make it happen. Do you remember watching? Uh, ice racing uh, in the wintertime through through the 70s and the 80s also uh, like after a lot of the hockey games yeah. and uh, the ice capades also was another one yeah
0: they used to do that at the uh, at the myriad if I'm not mistaken they ran the ice races down there
1: they did and ever and I don't know the exact count but a few select times they had them at the arena at the fairgrounds
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're in Oklahoma City, uh, if you're listening abroad, but the uh, Myriad was a place, well, it still exists. They call it something different now, but they used to have uh, a lot of things there. But yeah, I remember in the 70s and uh, uh, when I was younger, uh, going to some of the ice races, and that was really cool. But uh, the Speedway... Speedway Grand Prix, Speedway Racing, Speedway Bikes, all very cool, and uh, we'll look forward to keeping up with the Monster Energy Speedway World Cup coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, Let's go to some motocross action, another big weekend for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series, and they were in Southwick, and that is in uh, Southwick, Massachusetts and uh, the the big question was would ken Roxon continue his dominant ways he's gone one uh, one in every single event so far that means he's won both motos of the day at every single event except for one where he had a mechanical failure at the second race of the season in the second moto but uh, Since then, he's won everything else. Um, Eli Tomac, the Kawasaki rider, has been increasing his performance over the last couple events. He has put on more of a fight to Roxon, and in fact, this weekend in Southwick was Eli Tomac's weekend. He got back to the top step of the podium. It was Eli Tomac and his Kawasaki going 1-1, winning both motos over Ken Roxon to take the overall win. Roxon finished second. He went 2-2. And uh, it was also interesting to see Justin Barsha, who rides for the Joe Gibbs Racing Team. Um, He did really great in 2015, but hasn't shown much either in Supercross or outdoor motocross this season. But finally, Barsha picks up his performance they had a great weekend and he finished 6-3 in the motos to earn the third spot on the podium so a good weekend for the Joe Gibbs racing team and uh, but congratulations to Eli Tomac from Colorado who picked up his first overall win of the season and uh, it was really cool to to see, and that puts uh, a little more excitement back into the outdoor motocross series. We'll see if Roxon will bounce back in the uh, in the next event.
1: I think that Roxon still has a really nice lead. I don't think he's, I don't think there's any chance of anybody knocking him off as far as the lead. But that was that was quite a deal right there for eli tomac to to come in and step up like that and not just win one heat race but to actually win both of them yeah in the 250 category,
0: it was Cooper Webb, uh, the star racing Yamaha rider. Man, he he had a wrist injury coming into the year and took it easy but was still in the top 10, um, you know, riding really well. But over the last couple of races, he has just picked up his performance, and he goes 1-1 to take the overall win in the 250 category. And Cooper Webb is looking really, really strong now, and he's going to be tough to beat. Um, and, and his teammates, the, the Martin brothers, are there and Aaron Plessinger, and they're all riding really well, but it just seems like Cooper Webb has stepped it up another notch.
1: You know, a lot of people don't seem to watch a lot of the a lot of the MX2 stuff, and I think that if you haven't paid a lot of attention to that, and just paid attention. Temp- paid attention to the MX-1. Try out the MX-2. Those are the guys that are up and coming. Those are going to be the new Tomacs, and those are going to be the new Roxans. Yeah, and,
0: and speaking of uh, new guys, it was the rookie Austin Fortner riding for the Pro Circuit Kawasaki, who earned his first podium of the year in his first season in outdoor pro motocross as a pro, and uh, congratulations to him. And the, uh, the youngster got up on the podium with a 5-2 moto finish, and... Uh, so that kid, he's just going to get stronger. He, they, they better keep an eye on him.
1: Yes, he is he's on a charge for sure. Uh, I think he's training really hard and I think that he's getting settled and used to what he's riding and I think he's going to push forward.
0: Yeah, he came into the the pro ranks with a lot of fanfare and he's uh, he's really not disappointing. I mean, he's ridden well. He hadn't, you know, jumped up onto the podium in the first couple of races, but here he is in his first season, uh, only a few races in and he's already on the podium. So, uh, you know, and there's a lot of great 250 riders out there. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Zach Osborne and um, uh, like I said, Aaron Plessinger and some of the other guys that are there that are, are always riding really well. And, uh, here is the young Austin Fortner already getting ahead of
1: them and getting a podium. There is, there is no lack of competition in the 250 class at all. You have to earn your way to the top. Uh, it's that being said, you know, even with the MX one, uh, in order to to have a role like roxon did i mean that's not an easy feat by any sense of the word but to have a new guy come in on a 250 uh like he has and he seems settled for some reason and he seems like he's got his head down he's riding a lot smarter um if you watch him he seems like he doesn't hard charge hard charge and make a lot of mistakes it's like he he takes off he gets a good start he evaluates where he's at and then he picks them off one at a time
0: yeah Well, uh, moving on to some flat track racing, AMA has been off for the last couple of weeks and will continue to be off for a couple of weeks, but uh, there was some big-time flat track racing going on in Spain over the weekend as they launched their brand-new flat track series, the Spanish National Series, but uh, our very own Brad Baker from the AMA Pro Flat Track Series went over to Spain to compete in the inaugural event,
1: and uh, he pretty much showed them how it's done. He did. He has been very dominant over there, and they had a TT, and he also won the TT. Um, It's going to be really hard for the Europeans on a short track basis to... To put a damper on Brad Baker that is that is his forte is short track and he's really hard to beat at that.
0: Yeah but it is great that he went over uh, kind of as an ambassador and to to help them uh, with their inaugural event and get that launched and it's great to see American flat-track racing now spreading, uh, more to European countries. We've talked before, uh, you see some of the guys from MotoGP, Valentino Rossi, Mark Marquez. Uh, there's some videos out on YouTube of, of them doing some flat-track races. Uh, Marquez, uh, they've been doing the, uh, a big event over there, the, the, over there that a lot of Americans have been traveling, uh, to and competing at, uh, over the last couple of years. And, um, it's growing. It's getting more popular on a, on a worldwide basis, and I just think that's really cool. There's a great video series. If you haven't watched, um, Monster Energy is putting out a video series called Valentino Rossi, The Doctor. And in episode three, they go to his ranch, Rossi's Ranch, where he has a flat track built, and it's part of his training regimen. And then he brings younger riders that are working their way up through the MotoGP ranks uh, brings them in trains them but they're training by doing flat track racing and they're doing some tt stuff and just uh, standard flat track racing over there and so those guys are really into it so it's really gaining in popularity
1: it is gaining in, in popularity over there the one thing you would have thought would have never taken off over there because they have speedway obviously and even though it's not exactly the same speedway over there is huge uh, along with road racing and it It still takes me back that American-style flat track racing has become this big in Europe. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see
0: what happens and maybe that will be the catalyst. We see the popularity of Speedway in Europe. Maybe we'll see um, flat track racing grow and and maybe a worldwide series there. I just think that would be incredible to have um, some kind of series like that that would be almost like a Formula One for flat track racing or something along those lines.
1: It would. Uh, it, I think it's interesting to see a lot of the new uh, road race guys uh, train uh, with flat track. It's interesting to see guys like Rossi train for flat track. But, you know, uh, Abe, whenever he rode for Kenny Roberts, obviously there was a lot of flat track training there. And uh, I think a lot of the road racer guys see the advantage of being able to slide the bike and to have throttle control. Yeah, I've had several... Uh, friends of mine from uh, out of country come and they will be here and they'll go with us to a local dirt track event or a regional event. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is you do everything they teach us not to do. When <laughs> road racing. Yeah. Well, and and they have seen the success when the Americans go over to Europe.
0: Uh, you mentioned Kenny Roberts. Nikki Hayden is another guy that came out of flat track racing and went over road moto GP and was very successful. And uh,
1: Eddie Lawson, is Eddie another. Lawson,
0: Freddie Spencer, a lot oh, yeah. of those guys, a lot of the big names that uh, we know from road racing got their start in flat track racing. So uh, it's really cool. And uh, and I think the Europeans are starting to catch on with some of those, uh, the things that they think they're not supposed
1: to do, but uh, they're learning how to slide a little more. I like to see them slide the big bikes. I liked, I liked watching Robert's ride. Uh, obviously, he was our first kind of competitive ambassador from the dirt track world to go road racing and then obviously after him was uh freddie spencer and it was neat to watch the progression but to watch the europeans jaw drop uh, especially if it was in the rain to watch these guys slide these big powerful two strokes at that time around that it was hard enough to make them go straight in the dry let alone in the rain
0: yeah Very interesting stuff. So congratulations once again to Brad Baker going over to Spain, picking up the win in both the TT and the flat track race in the inaugural event of the Spanish flat track series. And it'll be cool to watch that and see what happens over there with that series. Well, we're going to shift gears uh, just a little bit. Uh, Eric and I were talking about uh, something kind of fun, and that is some of the best motorcycle scenes Uh, motorcycle chase scenes even that we have seen in movies. Now, you can go a lot of different directions when you're talking movies, and there's obviously a lot of great uh, pure motorcycle movies that are documentaries, um, and we're going to save those and talk about that a a little bit later on another show. But we're going to talk a little bit about some of the coolest motorcycle chase scenes that we have seen in um, big-time Hollywood movies. And uh, I'm going to kick things off with uh, one of my favorites, and, and this is a, a rare movie. Uh, you, if you haven't seen this movie, it's kind of fun. It's from uh, late 80s, early 90s, and it's a movie called Fled, and it has Lawrence Fishburne and Stephen Baldwin uh, one of the Baldwin brothers. And uh, there is a great scene that has some great cinematography in there that uh, they are high speed on Ducatis. And uh, it's just a really, you know, the movie overall is, is okay. It's worth watching. But just to see when they get out on the, the motorcycles, uh, it, it makes it worth watching. Have you seen that
1: movie? I've seen parts of that show. I've actually basically what I've seen is the is the chasing part of it. Yeah. And what I really liked was that it didn't have Harley Davidson's in it. Yeah. That it actually had some kind of of sport bike or anything other than some kind of dresser or fat boy right. or something like
0: that now uh not necessarily a a chase scene movie and certainly not one of the best movies but since we're talking about lawrence fishburne he did another motorcycle movie you may remember the uh, ill-fated biker boys oh that goodness. featured a lot of uh, sport bikes and a lot of the extended swing arm bikes and stuff and that not uh, not a big money maker at the cinema
1: though no, and after watching it, I can understand why and and racing for like the helmets like you lose you lose your helmet kind of that was <laughs> that was kind of out there for me well
0: and it was kind of the uh, I think it was supposed to be the fast and furious of motorcycles or something along those lines now i there's another movie that that came out i don't I don't remember if it was before or after that but I liked the movie torque. Uh it was a little cheesy but you know I I kind of enjoyed some of that movie and it had uh the the main character rode sport bikes but his nemesis had uh you know custom choppers and he was a drug dealer and stuff like that but uh, there was some, there was some pretty cool riding in that movie and it was kind of fun a little bit too much CG in some of some of the uh
1: the riding scenes but uh, it was it's it's worth watching there was a little kind of extreme where they had the the sport bikes off road and running through. Uh, was that like a, a were they growing pine not pine trees but like pineapple trees or coconut trees? The coconut grove that they ran through mm-hmm. and a lot of the off road stuff and uh, it seemed a little extreme for sport bikes, but. <laughs> Having said that, though, it was pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah. Uh, Of course, you can't talk about motorcycle chase scenes without talking about uh, a couple of James Bond movies. And uh, one of my favorites is from one of the more recent James Bond movies, Skyfall. And uh, you may recall the opening scene of that movie, and he actually ends up riding a a Honda um, motocross or enduro bike there, and they're riding across uh, rooftops on that and that was a really cool scene.
1: I liked that. Uh, I thought the cinematography was really cool. Um, What was really interesting to me that I think a lot of people overlooked was what it would take to get the motorcycle, not necessarily get the motorcycle up there, but everything it took to ride the motorcycle on top of those buildings.
0: Yeah, the (laughs) you watch trials riders and see what they do and then um, you watch the, and it was uh, Robbie Addison that actually did that writing, if I'm not mistaken. And you can look Robbie Addison up on, no, I'm Madison, Robbie Madison. Um, you can look him up on YouTube. He's got a couple of really cool videos where he's doing writing like that and just, just an incredible writer um, and does some amazing stunts that are far from just jumping but uh, incorporating trials-style riding and jumping and falling and not falling on the ground, but, I mean, the motorcycle doing free falls and things like that.
1: There were free falls from the top of those buildings that I would have swore would have, if when he would have landed, it would have bottomed the bike out, it would have pitched the bike up, but he hit the ground running with those things.
0: Yeah, just really, um, (laughs) just <laughs> really amazing scene. And that is of course in Skyfall. Now, another James Bond movie that I know you have to like is, uh, the Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movie tomorrow never dies. And there's the motorcycle chase scene with he and Michelle Yao. Um, and, uh, I believe that's the one where she like spins all around him on the bike, uh, shooting at the bad guys as they're being chased.
1: You got to love a passenger like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on if we go back to Roger Moore James Bond, uh, For Your Eyes Only is the big downhill uh, chase scene where you've got the guys on motorcycles with guns chasing Roger Moore who was on skis down the ski mountain.
1: I remember that. That that right there was pretty wild. It was worth the it was worth watching it of course all the james bond movies are kind of cool but it was worth watching it for that that was a that was a pretty cool scene
0: yeah I, i've seen some other lists that mention thunderball as uh, as a great chase scene with a motorcycle but uh, it's got a cool motorcycle and it's got one of the bond girls on the motorcycle and they she shoots at him but i wouldn't call that much of a chase scene. it's more of a car chase scene and she rides by on the motorcycle, takes a couple of shots, and and there's not a whole lot to it there, but uh, cool motorcycle. If you want to talk about great motorcycles in movie, I think, I think that's one that we could look at, but not. Uh, I wouldn't put it up there on my list of top chase scenes.
1: No, not a chase scene at all. More like a cameo appearance of a motorcycle. Yeah. Now, uh, of course,
0: if you're a Matrix fan, The Matrix Reloaded uh, had a really cool scene, and Carrie Ann Moss, who played the character. Of trinity ended up on a ducati and which was on a carrier and it was a green ducati which i always found interesting that it was uh it was green not the standard ducati red but uh, nevertheless that ended up being a really cool scene as well and she's carrying a passenger with her but uh, some cool riding and uh, a lot of fun stuff going
1: on there in the matrix reloaded i liked that that was a kind of a long motorcycle chase scene if you'll remember and Uh, usually motorcycle chase scenes are short they ham them up and somebody gets knocked off or there's some kind of stupid mistake that they make and uh not that not that there wasn't huge amounts of uh cgi in that but it was really neat to have the length of the motorcycle chase scene
0: yeah um just a just a great overall fun movie and uh,
1: that whole scene is really cool being a ducati fan it was kind of cool to see him running a lot of ducatis but they also had a few if you look they had a few sneak appearances in there by some Augustas, also
0: yeah yeah
1: what else you got on your list eric well as far as movies or chase scenes chase scenes chase scenes i tell you what um one of the chase scenes that i actually liked and this might be going back a little bit but do you remember viva knievel
0: i loved viva
1: knievel you remember the chase scene where he uh runs down which was an actual real stunt that they did uh where he ran down the hill over the top of the of the uh there was a tunnel and Mm -hmm. there was a long semi going through this tunnel he was on the high side of the hill that this tunnel went through and rode down the hill it had a rise right before the exit of the tunnel. The eighteen wheeler comes out and he jumps and lands on the eighteen wheeler.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that was if you haven't seen Viva Knievel, uh, it's a movie from the seventies that actually starred Evil Knievel. And uh, it had um, Gene Lauren. Kelly and Lauren Hutton. Hutton. Yeah. And uh, some some great actors in in there besides Viva uh, Evil Knievel and uh Not exactly an Academy Award winner by any stretch, but if you are an Evil Knievel fan, as I am, I mean, and growing up in the 70s, a child of the 70s. Who wouldn't be, right? Into motorcycles. How are you not an Evil Knievel fan? I mean, I had all the toys and everything. We could do a whole other show on that. But uh, get your hands
1: on a copy of Viva, Viva Knievel. It's just a really fun movie. Now, another one that I like, of course, we're going back a little bit, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. But <laughs> <laughs> do you remember a movie that I, I want to say may have been his first appearance stateside that Mel Gibson was in called Mad Max?
0: Yeah, uh, that was not his first appearance stateside. Those movies were actually produced in Australia, uh, and then he became popular based on those movies and then started doing American-made movies. But that was one at that time um, was one of the highest-grossing
1: Australian movies of
0: all time. But yes.
1: It was full of, of the time, which would have been current motorcycles, but Z1 Kawasaki's and CB750 Honda's, and they all had... What would have been at the time would have been uh, all the Cafe Racer bodywork that everybody now tries to emulate uh, from the original manufacturers, like Grand Prix Plastics is one of them. Tracy Bodies is another one. NCR, interestingly enough, though, is still in business, but would have been huge still even at that time.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was the uh, the police. There was a police officer that rode a, a police bike in there. Um.
1: Not like any police bike anybody <laughs> has ever seen here. It was a, it was a Z1 that had some really cool cafe racer bodywork. Uh, like I said, from uh, Tracy Body, or it could have been from Grand Prix Plastics. And I believe that character's name was the Goose. All right,
0: but not to be confused with Goose from Top Gun. Which no. is not a well, we, there was a motorcycle scene, but not a motorcycle chase scene, but there is a scene with Tom Cruise uh, in in Top Gun. but interestingly
1: not. enough, both gooses die so
0: <laughs> but we digress. Uh, so if you if you talk motorcycle chase scenes, um, you have to talk about... Uh, of course, one Indiana Jones movie, the third Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and uh, we get the original James Bond there with Sean Connery playing the dad of Indiana Jones, and there's a scene where they are running from the Germans, and they're in a uh, he steals one of the Germans. Uh, german soldiers motorcycles with a sidecar and sean connery's in the sidecar and harrison ford as indiana jones is riding the bike and they're being chased by the other motorcycle uh, mounted
1: nazi soldiers i remember that movie um that interestingly enough uh, seems a little to me when i first saw it i had to go back and see it again it was It was interesting to see the way that they had structured that chase scene because you would think that the motorcycle and sidecar would have been a little more tame than that chase was.
0: Uh, yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it's been a, a few years since I've seen that movie. But don't don't they actually split the sidecar off? They split the sidecar off, off in that. And Sean Connery goes for a ride on the sidecar and a jump and the whole thing. And uh, you know, one of the, the great stunt moments. Of course, the Indiana Jones movies are filled with great st- stunt moments overall. But uh, yeah, really fun motorcycle chase scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, we mentioned Tom Cruise and and him riding a motorcycle on top gun, but it's the Mission Impossible movies that have really showcased some amazing writing, and both Mission Impossible 2 and the most recent, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, they came back and and brought in more Uh, motorcycle action. And both of those movies feature really cool motorcycle stunts. And uh, a little bit of CGI in the uh, Mission Impossible 2, not quite as much in Rogue Nation, but both really cool
1: scenes. I liked the Mission Impossible 2 uh, with the three-cylinder triumphs. Uh, I think those were the sprints, I believe is what they were messing with, Mm -hmm. with uh, some knobby tires on them. And and playing around, and I liked that. I liked the length of the, of the chase. I liked a lot of the action in the chase. Uh, like you said, a little bit of CGI, some stuff that you know, it wasn't too hokey. One of the one of the problems it seems in movies is that all motorcycle chase scenes always seem to just be hokey, like extreme, exaggerated. Like a lot of times, it kind of ruin ruins the whole. Aspect of of what they're trying to accomplish with a motorcycle chase scene.
0: Yeah, um, of course, Mission Impossible Two that featured um, the scene where they're they're chasing each other and then they're shooting each other and then they do a a, a stoppy, uh, both bikes coming at each other and and do the front wheel wheelie a stoppy. And uh, right at each other, and, and I don't remember if they run into each other, if they kind of spin past each other, but they both do like a turnaround. And, you know, got some of the great, you know, sport bike stunts that you see nowadays into
1: that movie. And, again, not to have any more of the cruiser stuff, to actually have some really cool, diverse European – Uh, sport bikes in it, I thought was really neat.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, some of the cruiser stuff, one of the most classic chase scenes with a motorcycle in all of history is, of course, Terminator 2 Judgment Day and Arnold Schwarzenegger made the fat boy brand for Harley Davidson with that movie.
1: If that didn't sell motorcycles for Harley-Davidson, I don't know what would have.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, he's being chased by uh, a police motorcycle and then semi-truck, and there's the scene where the semi-truck comes off of the top of the bridge um, behind the motorcycle. And then they had the, uh, like the XR100 in there that the, the kid rode as well, and so that was kind of incorporated into that. And uh, just a
1: classic scene, classic movie. It doesn't really get much better than that. No, and if you do any of your research, that movie right there single-handedly boosted the sales of Harley Davidson Fat Boy motorcycles across the board in the United States.
0: Yeah, uh, just really amazing, and they still look back at the movie and, and what it did, and and I mean, it made the Fat Boy for Harley Davidson, and uh, just uh, just really cool
1: interestingly enough, that scene still today in some way, shape, or form is either being presented or there's still a popular poster of some kind or something that has him on that motorcycle.
0: Yeah. All right. Before we get to What I think is probably the most classic motorcycle chase scene of all time. Uh, We have a couple of uh, also-rans, if you will, in motorcycle movies. If you haven't seen, they're a little bit obscure, but one of them that we were talking about before we started recording was the movie Time Rider from back in the 80s. Um, And if you don't remember or have not seen that movie – Uh, It's Time Rider. I think it's called The Adventures of Lyle Swan or something like that with um, Fred Ward as the star character. And Fred Ward, uh, his other big movie that I remember was The Adventures of Remo Williams, (laughs) which is another (laughs) kind of bizarre, obscure movie. But this was Time Rider and he was like an off-road racer and somehow he ended up going back in time. To the uh, the Dark Ages where there were knights and such, and uh, he, uh, didn't he end up jousting
1: on the motorcycle? Or am I thinking of something completely different now? I think that one. There is one like that. Uh, Time Rider, I think, was the Old West. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, where he and it was really really weird because supposedly he like ran into his great grandmother or something when she was younger yeah, it's
0: like back to the future before back to the future way before way oh, wait, before the maybe Delorean. it wasn't before back to the future because back to the future would have been 84 85 time rider well it's probably a writer uh, similar times but uh, nevertheless time rider had some uh, you know he was riding an en- enduro bike and uh just a, a really interesting movie i remember liking it when i first saw it and uh, and then i saw it seems like I tried to watch it a few years ago as, as an adult. And I'm like, wow, this movie is really not very good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you taken the time to watch any old movies that you used to like and then watch them now and think, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, I do that from time to time. Now, of course there's the classics. I just watched the back to the future movies, um, with my son recently, uh, like last week. And, uh, I forgot how you know those movies are still classics, but you know once you get out of that kind of realm, yeah, some of the movies from the eighties and everything are were pretty weak. Uh, Movies have come a long way. Of course, another big time motorcycle movie that everybody needs to go out and watch is Supercross the movie. Oh no! From two (laughs) thousand five. Uh, it was the uh, the heyday of of Supercross, and they made a major uh, Hollywood film about it. With uh, I think not one single star who's working today, if I'm not mistaken. If you
1: want something to help you sleep,
0: we're <laughs> that. Now the the interesting thing about that is they had like a lot of, of big time writers at the time. Where I think David Pingree was in, involved in that movie, and a couple of other of the name guys
1: were. We're in there, and uh, but that movie overall was just
0: not very good.
1: If you turn the sound down and just watch a lot of the arena cross footage yeah. of the day, it's really cool, and you'll say, "Oh, that was like the L.A. Coliseum or something like that." Or. Yeah. Um, all of that was really cool. But when you turn the sound up, though, it, it all goes away quick. <laughs> now, speaking
0: of the motor uh, motocross and supercross stars, uh, the Charlie's Angels full throttle... Was another movie in the, uh, I think it was the opening scenes or sometime early in the movie where there was a whole big motocross, supercross scene and Jeremy McGrath was in there and a couple other of the big name guys made cameos and, and then like the, the Charlie's Angels were riding motorcycles and doing all kinds of crazy stuff as well. But that was, uh, you know, kind of an interesting showcase of supercross
1: talent. You put hot girls on motorcycles, and it can be very fun and very interesting, <laughs> no matter what it's, you have to do. Yeah, it's always a moneymaker. Uh, okay, so
0: the, the classic, the pinnacle motorcycle chase scene, probably in, in both of our minds of all time, you go back to the original, the classic, uh, the great one, Steve McQueen, and The Great Escape. The Great Escape, Absolutely. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie, um, it's about a, a World War II prison camp, and uh, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, Charles Bronson, James Garner—I mean, just a few of the names that are in that movie. That thing was
1: full of leading actors at that time. The yeah. movie was was packed full of them.
0: Yeah, and just a uh, just a really amazing movie. You've probably seen it, but. Uh, when Steve McQueen gets out and gets a hold of the motorcycle and and jumps the fence, on I mean that's that is a classic scene. It is the uh, classic motorcycle scene, and to get that big heavy bike to uh, to jump
1: that high in the air, that
0: high at that time. I mean, what they did? They did that movie in the '60s, I think. And, uh, you know, and using a a 40s-era bike and then to
1: launch it up like that, uh, it was just incredible. A lot of people don't take into consideration how significant that scene is because of what they did with the motorcycle at that time. Yeah. I would love to, wherever he was over there, all those rolling hills and everything, it would have been really hard for me if they'd if they had a hollered cut I would have been riding well I think he probably was (laughs) all those rolling hills and those the mountains and the winding roads and stuff that was like a a dream place to go ride and the the cool
0: thing about that is I mean Steve McQueen was a was a motorcycle rider and he did that whole thing himself uh, because that's what he did on his, his off days and we've uh, we've talked about, um, we'll do another show about some of the classic motorcycle documentaries or motorcycle feature films, but uh, On Any Sunday is one of those, and he's featured in there. And um, Steve McQueen rode motorcycles all the time, and that was just the the best use of casting and stunt work and, and culminating into one
1: incredible scene. Very much so. And it's interesting about... Uh how a lot of the movie actors of that time uh, and some of the actresses of that time, how into motorcycles they actually were that a lot of people uh, don't know about or don't take into consideration. But uh, McQueen was a highly ranked amateur off-road rider at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, in addition to being a race car driver. And, uh, I mean, he's just, you know, Steve McQueen is just the all-around pinnacle of cool guy. Uh, in my mind so i mean great looking great actor um was into cars into bikes and uh you know um you you can't look much further from that for an example of of manhood in that in that aspect i don't want to say he was you know great father or anything like that but just as far as being a cool
1: guy uh there's none none cooler than steve mcqueen we could do uh some interesting research on some of the guys uh, that raced at the time. Besides uh, Steve and Steve McQueen, like Keenan Wynn is another one. Uh, was heavy into uh, cross country and enduro races. Hmm. Um, I cannot remember the gen- the actor's name was uh, in the Dirty Dozen. Uh, the guy that uh, led the group in the Dirty Dozen. Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin also used to ride uh, a lot of off-road stuff also.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, and we've got, we have stars today that are into motorcycles. We just don't you don't see the coverage of that as much. Uh, I mean, Keanu Reeves was recently down at Austin at the MotoGP event and went over to the flat track race when they had the AMA flat track race there. And he has his own brand of motorcycles now. He has a motorcycle builder, builds motorcycles. Uh, I know Brad Pitt is into motorcycles and has has some bikes and everything. But you just don't see as much about that um, the in, in the lifestyle um, coverage of today's Hollywood stars of course the media is completely different and that's a whole other story and narrative but uh it's it's interesting to see the ones that are into that and follow that and you you think about Patrick Dempsey who is a great actor and uh from Grey's Anatomy uh but is pretty much not acting that much anymore because he's focused full-time on driving race cars
1: and did well at Le Mans
0: yeah absolutely So uh, anyway, we're we've gotten completely off track, but uh, that's kind of our list and uh, our favorites of motorcycle chase scenes in movies. And uh, we've had fun kind of talking about it and sharing our stories and, and our remembrances of. Uh, watching those movies and we hope that as you've listened to the show you've remembered some of those scenes and watching those movies for the first time as well and if you have uh, your own ideas of what you might think would be a great movie to talk about uh, or a great motorcycle chase scene that we have missed or forgotten or overlooked be sure to email us at powersportspodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook on our Facebook page, which is Facebook uh, slash Powersports Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Powersports Talk. And please go uh, like our Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram as Powersports Podcast, um, but we don't have a lot of photos right now. But hopefully, more to come. Anyway, so it's been a fun show and. Uh, We will be wrapping it up now. It's been uh, great talking to you on this week's Power Sports Podcast. For Eric Colvin, I'm Jason Baffrey, and we are out of here.